Welcome into Duval Daily, presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks so much for tuning in here on Tuesday, March 28th. Was supposed to be dropping a Mock Draft Monday edition of the show yesterday, but the voice was not cooperating. Been a little bit under the weather the last couple days here. But I'm back. Going to attempt to do this again. And uh, should be a lot of fun. Seven round Jacksonville Jaguars mock draft. We've got less than a month now until the official start of the 2023 NFL draft. Jaguars have nine selections in the upcoming draft. Should be a lot of fun, right? Not a super active free agency period for the Jaguars. This 2023 roster for the Jags, it's going to improve, obviously, with Calvin Ridley. Uh, You're going to expect internal development from some of the stars from last year, from some of the rookies from last year. A lot of young players, a lot of guys that are that are expected to take another step. But you've also got the draft, and the draft, it can help you out in 2023 and beyond. And I think that needs to be the goal for this team because when you don't have a big impact from any of your rookies, and I shouldn't, I wouldn't say that the Jaguars didn't have a big impact from any of their rookies in 2023, or excuse me, in 2022. But I would say they didn't, they didn't uh, exactly light the world on fire. How about that? Trayvon Walker, was he a good run defender for you? Yes. Did he start to develop down the stretch as a rusher a little bit more? Yes. Getting his hand in the dirt, was that smart? Yes, on pass rush situations, clearly. Um, Luke Fortner, he definitely progressed throughout the season starting center, uh, which obviously was huge for the Jaguars, having a rookie starting at center for, for his entire rookie year. That's no small feat. Uh, Devin Lloyd, ups and downs, obviously. But if the Jags can find one or two rookies that can have a really big impact and help them once they're kind of making that playoff push, getting into the playoffs, kind of how the Chiefs had a bunch of their rookies in 2022, making those impacts on the back end of the defense, George Karloftis. There was guys all over the place, Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I think if you look at the Jaguars 2023 draft, you'd like to get a little bit more immediate control contributions from some of these guys. And so let's go ahead and jump into this, right? Uh, Jaguars, they hold the 24th overall pick. What are their needs right now? Uh, Their biggest need is at nickel. Uh, You could just argue cornerback in general behind Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams, whether that's a nickel, whether that's another outside corner, you can kind of move Darius Williams around as you need to. Uh, He has the versatility to play inside or outside. So you definitely need a corner. You definitely need another edge rusher, and you could have Calais Campbell, who isn't really an edge in a 3-4 uh, defense, right? He would be more of a defensive lineman uh, in a 3-4. But he could provide you some pass rush, and Doug Peterson talked about it yesterday. The Jaguars need pass rush. He said, uh, Doug did, that the meeting with Calais went really well, and uh, I definitely don't think that that door has been closed. I think it's very much open still. Calais is taking some other visits. We'll see how it plays out. He shouldn't be in any hurry to make a decision. I understand that, right? This is a guy who might, he's going to be playing his last few years here. Who knows how much longer Calais has left in the NFL at 36 years old. So taking his time to make the decision, don't blame him at all. But Regardless of whether Calais ends up in Jacksonville, and you saw Josh Allen with the recruiting pitch on Twitter last night saying we're going to make it happen, Super Bowl. Um, Regardless of whether Calais ends up in Jacksonville, the Jaguars need pass rush in this draft. They need edge rush. 
they need another three, four outside linebacker to replace the production that they were getting from Arden Key and, and Dewan Smoot. Because even if you do bring Dewan Smoot back, he's not going to be ready early on dealing with that Achilles. I also think that the Jags at some point in this draft are going to be aggressive to move up to get someone that they value. Um, they did it last year with Devin Lloyd moving back into the first round. They have nine draft picks this year. Do they really need nine rookie draft picks coming into this team? I don't think they do. This is a team that has a lot of talent across the board. There's just a few spots, mostly on the defensive side of the ball, where you have some needs. And then on offense, I think you could look at offensive tackle depth. Yeah, you could use that. Tight end depth. Yeah, you could use that. Maybe interior offensive line depth. Yeah. So on offense, it's not about starters. It's not about high-impact guys. It's about filling out that depth, making sure you have talent throughout the rest of the roster. Without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about this 24th overall pick. A few weeks ago, a few months ago, I would have said there's no way in hell Brian Branch falls to the the Jaguars at 24. And I still don't think he should. He's the number eight prospect on my board. But when you look across the landscape of the draft community, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, um, uh, not Ian Rappaport, Daniel Jeremiah, A lot of these big names, they do not have Brian Branch going in the first round anymore. And these guys are doing predictive mock drafts. They're talking about what they're hearing. These mock drafts aren't necessarily based on their opinion of the players, but based on what they're hearing from around the league. And so if the three top guys are are talking about Brian Branch falling past 24, maybe there's some credence to it. So let's go ahead and plug in Brian Branch for the Jaguars at 24 overall. The cornerback safety hybrid, really a nickel, right? Played 76% of his snaps in 2022 in that nickel spot for the Alabama Crimson Tide. You start with his coverage ability, right? Quick feet, fluid hips. Uh, He has more than enough size. It's about six foot tall in the 190 pound range. Um, Really good ball instincts, route instincts. He almost seems to know what the offense is trying to do before they do it. And he's just a really cerebral, smart football player. He's got ball skills. He's got the quick feet to to mirror and match movements. And look, when you're playing nickel, you got guys that could go upfield. They could go towards the sideline. They could cut inside. There's so many different things you have to defend. And I think getting a guy like Brian Branch to do that um, would be massive for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you do not need to take him off the field when you're in base either. You can line him up at safety. I think you can line him up at corner as well if you're expecting a run. No doubt about it. And speaking about his ability against the run and in pursuit, Brian Branch is an elite tackler. He is an elite pursuit player. One of the best tacklers in this class, regardless of position. So yeah, Brian Branch at 24 overall would be a home run for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's a home run that looks like it might actually be possible. And the Jags have shown interest in him right at his pro day. They had him off working to the side with them, doing a little bit of a individual private workout over there to Shea Townsend Jaguars defensive backs coach pass game coordinator working with him I think it'd be great for the Jags to get Brian Branch in here and it seems more and more possible by the day and the reason you could see him fall into 24 or past 24 is because he does not have elite long speed he's a 4-5 guy and and the positional value of nickel, and I think it's incredibly value valuable. If you can get a nickel player that can elevate that position versus what you had last year, 
where that position was kind of holding the team back at times, yeah, I think that'd be huge. And I think Branch in that nickel spot, whether you want to be an aggressive man coverage team on third down like they showed some some early on last year or get into more fire zone blitzes, Brian Branch is going to be there for you on the back end in coverage. Getting into the second round here. I think, you know, we've addressed our biggest issue here at nickel. What else do we need to do? Talked about it. Edge. Um, And I think the second round in this class is going to be a place where you could potentially find some value at edge. When you talk about guys like Zach Harrison, talk about Derek Hall, very different players, but different guys that have different skill sets that that would seemingly be attractive to a Trent Baalke. You know, he values length, athleticism. You see that with both Derek Hall, with Zach Harrison. You also see it with Isaiah Foskey, who's a prospect that I think should probably get be getting some more first-round buzz, but you consistently see him mocked in the second round. Uh, I think when you look at Isaiah Foskey falling to 56 here, he could definitely go before 56. But again, I think when you took look at Foskey, Zach Harrison, Derek Hall, uh, some of these other guys, there's going to be someone available in my mind at 56 overall at edge that the Jaguars feel they can bring in, maybe get some immediate contribution from, but develop for the future. I think Isaiah Foskey fits in that mold perfectly. Um, he's a freak athlete, right? 96th percentile athlete at edge. He's over 260 pounds. He has 34 inch arms. He ran a sub 4640. He ran in the four fives. He is a true freak athlete at the position. And I think he is perfect for three, four outside linebacker. He's going to have the strength to hold up uh, out there in space and be able to set the edge for you a little bit. Um, he has a pretty advanced set of pass rush moves and hand usage. He doesn't always get to it. Uh, and I, I think that that's what you're going to want to clean up. But you're talking about a guy, Notre Dame's all-time sack leader, double-digit sacks in both of the last two seasons. He's forced seven fumbles in his career. He's got all the athleticism, everything you're looking for. Um, the reason you might not see him go higher is, again, it's not always super consistent on tape. But in almost every single game, you see this guy making splash plays, whether it's against the run or the pass. Uh, Isaiah Foskey in the second round, he's a little high cut, right? Um, he's not naturally bendy and flexible. But when you combine his power, his hand usage, his athleticism, his length, I think Isaiah Foskey is a perfect fit for the Jaguars in the second round. Now, getting into the third round, what have we done? We've addressed edge, we've addressed addressed nickel, both spots on the defensive side of the ball. I think now you've got your starting nickel and Brian Branch. You've got your third edge rusher in Isaiah Foskey behind Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen. What else do we need? Right? We talked about offensive tackle, tight end, interior offensive line as depth areas the Jaguars could could address. I think at some point you could address wide receiver. I don't think they're going to do it this early. But I do think they might address tight end this early. Um, Evan Ingram, they wanted to get a long-term deal done. They still could, although it doesn't seem like things are progressing well on that front from everything we're hearing out of Jacksonville. Uh, So for me, you could go get a tight end here that could complement what Evan Ingram has as a skill set and then potentially be your tight end one if you're not able to work something out long-term with Evan Ingram either before or after the 2023 season. And I think a guy that fits that mold is Tucker Craft, but kind of similar to Edge in the second round, when you look at tight end in the third round, I think 
Tucker Craft could be available. He might go off the board before that and be, in, be a second-round pick. But if he's not available, you could be looking at Sam Laporta. You could be looking at a Luke Schoonmaker. I think there's going to be options for the Jaguars here in the third round if they want to go get a quality tight end. Tucker Craft, I think, could be there, and that's going to be the pick for me out of South Dakota State. He's a guy that's a weight room warrior, very good athlete at the position. Not a burner like Evan Ingram, but a good overall athlete who brings a little bit more balance to the position. I think he could be a true tight end one in terms of being a balanced tight end that you can line up in line and run the ball behind him, You know, use him in that regard, but also use him as a pass-catching threat. I think Tucker Craft's going to have a long career in the NFL. So, so far we've got Brian Branch, Isaiah Foskey, Tucker Craft, in the first three rounds, getting into day three of the draft. I think, again, like I said earlier, the Jaguars, I believe, will be aggressive at some point to go get someone that they value. I don't think they need nine draft selections here. So I have them trading up from 121 to 105, uh, and they have to give up 127 overall to do it. So you give up 121 and 127 to get up to 105 and you go get an offensive tackle who could be a starter of the future, a swing tackle of the present. It's Tyler Steen out of Alabama. He has the length you're looking for. He's a really good athlete. I think there's just a couple of little technical things that if he was able to improve upon, I think you could be looking at a longtime starter, effective starter in the NFL and at the very worst, a swing tackle. And that's what you're drafting him to be in 2023 is your swing tackle behind Walker Little and Cam Robinson. Next up, we do not have a pick. The Jaguars don't have a pick until 185 after that, again, because they gave up 127. 185 in the sixth round. We've got Terrell Smith, cornerback out of Minnesota. This is a guy the Jaguars have been linked to, a guy that they've met with. Uh, He's got length. He's got size. He's got athleticism. I think he's a bigger type of corner, but I think his feet, are good enough. His hips are fluid enough to hold up in man coverage. I think you've also seen examples of him in zone coverage where he's able to bait quarterbacks, read their eyes, jump routes. Getting a guy like him at this point in the draft with the athleticism and physical profile that Terrell Smith has along with his tape, which is pretty damn good from 2022, I think it's a home run in the sixth round. And he might not be available, but again, This is a really deep cornerback class. He was not the only guy I was looking at here. There's other options for the Jaguars at this point to continue to address the cornerback room. And bringing in more competition for the back end of that room, I think, is pivotal. I think you saw that, again, I keep referencing the Chiefs because their draft class in 2022 was unbelievable. And it had a ton of defensive backs. I think this, this draft could be similar for the Jaguars if they want it to be. At 202 overall, Puka Nakua out of BYU. This is a, a not a not a burner type of receiver, but a receiver who I think could potentially do some of the things that Marvin Jones did for you in 2022. Um, and he's just good good size, good route runner, really good hands, can go up and get the football for you. I think he is going to be a possession receiver at the next level. I don't think he should be available in the sixth round, uh, but. But again, 
ton of talented wide receivers in this class. You never know how these things are going to go. And then at 208 overall, we've got McClendon Curtis coming off the board, another guy the Jaguars have shown interest in. He's got vines for arms, interior offensive linemen. He's going to need to be developed. He's a little bit raw for sure coming out of Chattanooga. But a player I think you can get excited about as a developmental prospect. And interior offensive line, the Jaguars, they have Brandon Sheriff. They have guys that can get the job done at left guard in 2022, right? You look at Ben Barch, who was playing really, really well, especially in the run game prior to his injury. And then Tyler Shatley, who you know you can always throw in there and you're not going to have... Um, you're not going to completely fall apart on offense with Tyler Shatley in there at left guard. And then McClendon Curtis can come in, learn from some of these guys, and potentially maybe become a starter one day, if not a third third interior offensive lineman guard for you. And then at 226 overall, the Jaguars' final pick, I have them taking a kicker. I don't know who's going to be available at kicker at this point. Jake Moody is the one that I've watched the most. He's I'm, I don't really scout the kickers for full transparency there, but I have seen Moody make a ton of big kicks, a ton of long kicks. I like Riley Patterson. He's an accurate kicker, but he does not have the biggest leg on the planet. I would guess Heath Farwell, Jaguar special teams coordinator, would like to find someone who just has a little bit more juice in the leg. And I think Jake Moody definitely has that. There's some other guys available, Chad Ryland as well. Um, definitely going to be some kickers the Jaguars could bring in, whether it is in the seventh round or or an undrafted free agency to come in and compete with Riley Patterson if they choose to. Again, I think if you want to roll with Riley, that's fine. You just got to understand probably not going to be trying to kick a ton of, of, of field goals beyond like 55 yards. Just kind of the way it is with him. But that'll do it for this draft class, right? Um, I think this, is, this would represent a really strong class for the Jaguars. Brian Branch at 24 overall to lock down the nickel spot. Isaiah Foskey at 56 to come in and be your edge three and develop into a starter. I think he will be a longtime starter in the NFL. Tucker Craft can complement the skill set of Evan Ingram. If you can't work out something long-term with him, maybe Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State becomes your, your tight end one after after his first year in the league. And then I've got the Jaguars getting aggressive, trading up to go get an offensive tackle, a swing tackle, Tyler Steen out of Alabama, a guy I think they would really like. And then 185, more cornerback depth, big, long, athletic corner. Terrell Smith has ball skills, has instincts, has good tape from 2022. I think Terrell Smith would be a home run. He's a guy the Jaguars have met with. And then Puka Nakua, kind of your Marvin Jones type replacement for this offense, a guy who can just be a reliable set of hands for you. Go up and get the football. 208, McClendon Curtis, interior offensive line depth development. Jaguars have shown interest in him. He's got length for days. And then again, Jake Moody, kicker out of Michigan to round out this draft. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, Hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. Let me know what you think about this mock draft here. You can also follow Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Hit that like and subscribe button if you're on YouTube. If you're on your podcast platform of choice, please subscribe and review. Really helps the show out. Really helps me out. Uh, So again, thank you so much for tuning in, Duval, and I hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday.